Welcome to New Books in Israel Studies, part of the New Books Podcast Network. Today we are talking to Dr. Sayed Ali Alavi about his book, Iran and Palestine, Past, Present and Future. The book surveys the history of the relationship between Iran and especially the Islamic Republic of Iran with Palestinian organizations and leadership. It also quite obviously deals with Iranian views of Israel and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Ali Alavi, welcome and congratulations on the publication of your book. Can we maybe uh, begin by asking you what motivated you to study this topic in the first place? Thank you very much. Uh, well, the most important element that motivated me was the fact that um, there is no academically written book about the subject of Iran and Palestine. And there, is a, there, is, there was a gap in, in, in the literature. And, of course, I try to see if there are any similar books in other languages, such as Hebrew, Arabic, or Farsi, but I noticed there is none. So that motivated me that to, to write something about this and uh, present for future um, research. I see. It obviously fills a gap. Uh, anyone who's uh, dealt with the field knows that this is one of the questions that is often discussed uh, almost assumed to be a given regarding the, 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 the kind of relationship between Iran and Palestine, and your book uh, sheds so much light on this. So, uh, you know, again, I want to congratulate on you, to congratulate you on this, I'm sorry. Now, um, your chapters are ordered uh, chronolog- chronologically, and it may also be best uh, to discuss the book this way. Let us begin then with pre-revolutionary Iran, uh, the, the royal Iran. The positive relations between the state of Israel and the Shah's regime are pretty well known. They're often discussed as a historical fact. And you, you managed to shift the gaze or the focus to the way in which the opposition to the Shah's regime also went hand in hand with a strong support for the Palestinian cause. Can you please elaborate a bit on this? A very good question. First of all, when we talk about the relations between Iran and Palestine, uh, most of the uh, discussions are about uh, Iran and Palestine and Israel after 1979 revolution. But um, the book is actually delving into um, two, three decades before the revolution. Um, of course, it looks into the role of ideas and ideology. Uh, during the um, Shah's uh, government, um, Iran had a cordial relations with Israel based on the ideology of um, the Pahlavi's uh, state. But at the same time, uh, anti-Pahlavi's um, opposition groups in Iran um, had uh, uh, clashing um, ideologies with, with the state. Uh, the book is looking into a history of dividing it to two sections. First is Iranian left-wing activists, Iranian socialists and um uh, uh, communists. Uh, uh, so it looks, it also um, opens up the archive and sees uh, the reasons why Iranian leftists and Iranian socialists and communists um, had cordial relations with Palestinians and they opened up to PLO. This was a kind of ideological connection that both they had. First of all, um, Iranian leftist anti-Shah forces um, were very critical about uh, Iran having good relations with Israel. And they did see PLO 
in the same front line. From their point of view, it was also galvanized by the Cold War and the era of um, uh, nationalization and socialism around the world. So for the Iranian leftist uh, parties, PLO was ideologically close to them and um, um, versus the Shah and, and Israel. So they, they, they created that kind of uh, connections. The book is also looking into um, Mudo opera, Mudo's operandi and how um, Iranian leftists um, established the connections with Arafat. And it was quite very interesting to see how um, some of these um, Iranians um, um, actually traveled to Syria and Iraq and they were trained by PLO. Uh, within them is Fadai's um, guerrilla um, forces, uh, MKO or Mujahideens, and also smaller groups. But what motivated them was the ideology of anti-imperialism uh, uh, during the Cold War. The second section of the first chapter looks into the Islamist anti-Shah opposition forces. And it goes even um, before, in terms of the history before the leftists. It goes back to, to 1948 when um, Shia clerics actually started to look into the concept of Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And um, the tendency was, uh, to some extent, a bit different with the leftists. For them, the Palestinian cause against Israel was um, symbolically important because, uh, first of all, it was... Uh, they see they did view Palestinians as 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 part of the Islamic Ummah, uh, being um, uh, confronted by Israel, and therefore Shia clerics began to enter the conflict of Israeli-Palestinian, um, uh, I mean, fabric of the conflict. So it started with 1948, and then. Um, the book starts to talk about all the history of all the Shia clerics and Ayatollahs and um, to see how they did see Palestinian cause and how they dealt with this um, in, in terms of Islamic solidarity, in terms of religious solidarity. And also, um, they had one thing in common with the leftists, which was, which was uh, anti-Shah. So because Shah had a very good connection with Israel, that actually um, um, acted as a catalyst. So both oppositions uh, supported the Palestinians. By the way, as a side uh, question to this uh, fascinating discussion, um, may I ask if there were oppositional figures, both from the left and, for, and from the clerical uh, class, who, while being opposed to the Shah, I'm sorry, to the Shah, saw a way to maybe relate positively to Zionism in Israel? Or was this really a, a, a unified opposition to the Shah and his uh, uh, partner in uh, Israel? Well, within the <clears throat> Islamist campaign, um, I didn't see any prominent figure to oppose the Shah but have good connections with Zionists. They actually, um, even some of those clerics, Shia clerics, said they were not interested in politics, internal politics, and they didn't necessarily um, stand against the Shah, uh, such as Ayatollah Burujerdi or many other clerics. Um, they opposed uh, uh, state of Israel, and they supported Palestinian cause. For them, it was merely religious. 
and especially the role of Jerusalem and uh, Dome of the Rock or um, Al-Aqsa Mosque um, uh, connected them uh, indirectly to the Palestinian cause. So it was mainly based on the religious and theoretical elements of the belief. Within the leftists, uh, prominent leftists also um, were influenced by the environment of Cold War and see they did see um, uh, Shah and Israel part of the American satellite. And of course, PLO, they, see, they did see PLO as a kind of uh, a freedom uh, fighters movement. So they supported PLO. There were a few, uh, but not prominent, um, that they opposed the Shah, but not necessarily had um, anti-Zionist, um, uh, let's say, uh, tendencies. Very, very few, for example, the Kurdish Democratic Party, they opposed the Shah, but they didn't have um, uh, anti-Zionist uh, tendencies. Whereas um, the rest of the leftists, such as Ali Shariati, uh, Mujahideen, uh, MKO, and Fadais, they were very active uh, in 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 communicating with PLO and even being trained by PLO, and the and the book is actually delve into the um, to the concept of it, and also um, uh, students, university students uh, opposing the Shah. So it was a kind of a rainbow consensus, unwritten consensus amongst those those uh, opposing the Shah uh, to support the Palestinians against uh, Israel. But the religious components were not necessarily because of the Shah. The religious clerics were actually looking into Palestine as a part of their Islamic uh, duty to support Palestine. Even some of them didn't have any problem with the Shah, but it was more based on religious aspects rather than the leftists. I understood. Now, uh, the second chapter, if uh, we move forward, deals with the first decade of the Islamic Republic, which is also a decade of war, obviously, between Iran and Iraq. How did the war influence the relations between Iran and, Palesti- and the Palestinians at the time? Uh, the second chapter also starts with uh, looking into the history of um, how Arafat was the first foreign um, leader to visit Iran after the revolution and the honeymoon between two sides, between the Islamic Republic and Arafat, which was very short-lived. And there are two elements book is looking into it. One of them is the um, uh, embassy uh, hostage crisis when uh, Iran uh, revolutionaries um, took American diplomats as hostages and then Iran and Iraq war. Um, these two elements affected the honeymoon between um, Arafat and Iran. Um, but uh, also is because Arafat during Iran-Iraq war was in the corner to decide who to support either Iran as an Islamic revolutionary state or Iraq as a pan-Arabist, Ba'athist state. Um, Arafat attempted to uh, mediate, but it was was not very fruitful, therefore ideologically got closer to Iraq. But in terms of how affected the relations, affected in in, in terms of um, the relations between PLO and, and the Islamic Republic was cooled down and uh, the Iranian regime, uh, after revolution, uh, noted that Arafat is not a reliable partner because of the ideological uh, differences. So, but the, what they did in in terms of their Islamic religious tendencies um, 
they changed the label of the war and they tried to to label Saddam Hussein as as a Baathist Zionist. So in other words, it did affect relations with PLO, but it didn't affect their um, solidarity with the Palestinian cause, which later on we have the emer- a book, it talks about the emergence of Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad as new, um, um, let's say, allies to, to the Islamic Republic. Yeah, so maybe we can move on exactly to this. The, the, the next two chapters uh, in the book discuss Iran's relations with these two leading uh, Palestinian movements, the Islamic Jihad and Hamas. So, uh, so what was exactly the nature of these relationships? Was this an obvious uh, 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 covenant to begin with or was there a need to build it? Well, it was uh, it was not something um, fabricated in the beginning. Uh, the, the chapter three is talking about the the, the emergence of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. It looks into its ideological component, something that literature is not um, covered by by this um, Palestinian Islamic Jihad as such. Uh, so. It, uh, uh, the rise of pan-Islamism within the Palestinians is coming to 1967, the book suggests. And because of the failure of pan-Arabism, some of those um, fr- um, elements were frustrated and they moved towards um, the alternative ideology, which was pan-Islamism. One of them is um, uh, the leader of, the founder of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. So they were influenced by the, the, the way Islamic revolution in Iran managed to um, to be uh, to be successful and also to to face uh, the Shah's government and also the West, so they created first Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and uh, and later on um, the book talks about how Hamas came about as a as a as a branch of Muslim Brotherhood. So they were influenced by the by the success of the Islamic uh, Revolution in Iran. And they started to build up that relations, which in um, uh, explains more in the chapter four. But chapter three merely talks about the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is is looking into the ideology of it. And then connection, connection between Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Iran started in late eighties, beginning of nineties, when uh, Israel um, arrested some of the leadership of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and sent them to exile to South Lebanon which they contacted with the Iranian, um, uh, supported Hezbollah and Iranian uh, elements there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, if we move uh, uh, the dial kind of uh, fast forward to uh, contemporary uh, discussions, we can often hear uh, Israeli arguments that uh, both of these organizations, Islamic Jihad and Hamas, are in effect an extended arm of the Iranian government and Israel's confrontation with them is uh, 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 a bypass way of uh, confronting Iran itself. How would you judge this claim? It is quite interesting. Um, well, the book is looking into this um, deeply and um, to some extent um, provides a kind of a counter-argument. Um, they are different in terms of Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hamas. So books suggest that Palestinian Islamic Jihad is an organic ally of the Iranian uh, revolution because ideologically is closer to to the Islamic Republic. But Hamas in in the next chapter, in the in the final chapter, which looks into um, Iran's relations with Hamas in post-Arab Spring era, actually um, 
has uh, some interesting um, argument and um, discovery, which shows that the alliance between Hamas and, and Islamic Republic is quite um, strategic, but not ideological. So um, Hamas is benefiting from supports uh, from the supports from Iran, but when the Syrian crisis started in 2011, that was a litmus test. Uh, Hamas. Um, explicitly uh, supported anti-Assad forces and um, and the relations between Hamas and, and the Islamic Republic actually cooled down. Um, Iran supported uh, Bashar Assad's regime. So it did show that they do have disagreements. Hamas is closer to the Muslim Brotherhood and had um, a kind of um, hope that possibly a more friendly regime in Syria would provide a kind of a better atmosphere for Hamas. Um, Ideologically, Hamas is not very close to Islamic Republic, but strategically um, sees that relations very um, important. As we can see nowadays, Hamas has got um, cordial relations with Turkish government and, um, um, and with Qatar. So, I wouldn't say that that this book is claiming that Hamas relations with Iran is strategic, not ideological. And to some extent, they have some disagreements um, regarding the politics of of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Now, um, as the title of the book suggests, you also have something to say about the future of this this relationship between uh, Iran and the Palestinians. Um, How how do you see this uh, future developing? Um, the conclusion of the book is looking into trajectory of relations between Iran and Palestine. And um, although um, my job as a writer and academic is not to predict, but is looking into the future as well. So uh, the relations had a lot of ups, up and down uh, from uh, since the revolution happened in Iran, um, from um, honeymoon relations to cold uh, cold relations with PLO and even in Hamas. So uh, the book is suggesting that because uh, the the system, the regime in Iran is ideologue, although it brings national interest into its calculations, but the Palestinian cause is a kind of, um, um, is some sort of ideological um, um, attachment to the Islamic Republic, and it, it, it cannot actually uh, divorce from the ideas of pro-Palestinian tendencies regardless to uh, party politics. However, the book is not claiming that Iran's support for Palestine um, is absolutely um, harmonious and the whole nation of uh, uh, in Iran um, uh, actually subscribe to the same ideology. So you see a lot of changes in the in the in the opinion, the public opinion in Iran that they are more um, are interested in the internal politics and economy. So the book suggests that um, the Islamic Republic as a system will continue to support the Palestinian cause and to stand against Israel because um, pro-Palestinian tendencies is part of its the Islamic Republic's DNA and it cannot actually uh, divorce itself from it. However, um, changing that policies in the last part of the book, he says, um, requires the change of uh, the ideology 
in other words, change of the system or change of the regime. Otherwise, um, the, the policies against Israel and pol- uh, as a Israel as a as a state and and the support for the Palestinians will continue with different to- uh, with different kind of vocabularies um, by this current um, system that is in Iran. Fascinating. Um... Anya Levy, can you tell us uh, in closing what project you are currently working on? Well, I'm currently um, working on um, trying to look into the concept of a global and regional interests, a clash of global and regional interests in Iraq. And in looking, I'm looking into the Kurdish um, question to see to what extent the concept of the Kurdish question um, uh, is influencing the policies of the Middle East. So um, I zoom it into the, the case of Kurds in, in Iraq and Syria and see how the regional and global powers are actually uh, behaving towards um, the concept of Kurdish question since 2003, the demise of Saddam Hussein's regime. Sounds fascinating. Much uh, to look forward to. Uh, Sayed Ali Alavi, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, good luck. Thank you very much for having me.